The Tigers narrowly avoid catastrophe, disaster, fill in the blank uh, on the injury front, and split the weekend due to a rain out today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Monday, May 23rd. Happy Monday, 2022. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast. That is including YouTube. This episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Okay. So a not a series split because technically the third game of the series will get played. I think they said in July. It's a ways away now. Um, but uh, they do split the weekend, we will say. We'll just drop the word series from that. They split the weekend. Uh, one and one against Cleveland, the Guardians, uh, this past weekend. There was uh, a lot going on. There's plenty to talk about. And... There's a little bit of good and still a lot of not very good. Um, and that's topped all off by everybody holding their breath together for like 48 hours straight, awaiting the results of the Tarek Skubal news. It sounds like he's going to be okay. Thank goodness. But if you did not watch uh, Tarek Skubal, well, I guess we'll just get to the starting pitching. We can just talk about the weekend starting pitching as a whole. Fiedo gets... Friday and um, sorry, Fiedo gets Sunday. Scooble gets Friday. Both looked pretty solid in their own right. I think. I mean, Scooble shoved. That's that. You know what the fascinating thing about fascinating is probably not the right word. One of the most encouraging signs of Friday was that I don't think Scooble was on his A game, especially with the command. Uh, he, he was dotting some fastballs for sure, but. Uh, really the entire outing, he ended up going exactly five innings, right? The line drive off his shin happened to end an inning. Um, so even not even the entire outing, I I really thought the command of his curveball was like pretty weak. Uh, he had a really hard time locating, uh, the, the curveball and the slider very well. Uh, didn't, didn't have a super good feel for it more. So the curveball for sure. And as time went on, the command with the slider, I thought, got a little bit better. Uh, but, I, I mean, legitimately, the entire outing, I, I, I was not very uh, not very impressed is definitely the wrong word. He still did great. But that's what is so intriguing about it, is the fact that, that even when he did not have his best, best stuff, he went five innings, four hits, no runs, no walks, five Ks. And that was not the best version of Tarek Skubal that we know. And that's awesome, right? Like that that's incredibly encouraging and and yeah, encouraging is definitely the word actually. Yeah. Definitely uh big time encouraging and and really really nice to see cuz that's what makes great pitchers great. Is if you make it to the majors, you have the raw talent, you have the ability to get hitters out. You've made the major leagues. This is the best of the best. 
right? And a lot of people in the history of Major League Baseball have been able to put that all together for a game, a couple of games, uh, a season even, right? Being able to not have your best stuff and have an off day and not be 100% with your command, maybe not 100% with the movement on pitches. It's just, it's not a 100% day and still be able to shut a Major League Baseball team out is ridiculous. And that is why, even though it wasn't the best start we've ever seen out of him and it wasn't, uh, you know, he wasn't throwing pitches that made you, uh, like like gasp maybe like he usually does and he his whiff total was five through five innings right like not not crazy um, but his fastball command was really solid he was getting a lot of called strikes um, on on the four seam fastball and then on top of that like I said just just being able to get a lot of weak contact and and be able to to get out of it without giving up any runs and continue his now I believe it's 20 ish 19 20 somewhere around there shutout inning streak uh it's just unbelievably encouraging his ERA on the year is also 181 now by the way fantastic dude is unbelievable uh like I said only five whiffs on the outing on 33 swings uh that number while it is very low uh for anybody that's a starting pitcher in today's day and age it's not like scary because it's Tarek Skubal and we know what he's capable of doing. We know he's capable of putting up like 20 whiffs in an outing if he really wanted to. So this is not like a cause for concern or anything. But as we talked about, his, his stuff was not on its A game. Uh, and the fact that not A game Tarek Skubal still leads to five innings of shutout ball is pretty damn awesome. So let's just be thankful that, that we have Tarek uh average exit velocity was 95 that's a little hot um the four seam was really getting hit pretty hard when it was hit but it was mostly honestly being looked at for a strike an insane 47 percent called strike plus whiffs percentage on the four seam fastball and a 45 percent on the sinker which combined between the two of them he threw 30 times of his 66 pitches so it was a lot of looking strikes a lot of looking strikes, um, which is awesome. You know, you need those too. So all in all, just really impressed with his ability to, to I guess, kind of dig deep, right? Just have the, the, that dog in him, you know, have that dog in him and have that ability to, uh, to, to still shove even when you're not on your A game is, is absolutely fantastic. He did get hit by the pitch. Everybody was terrified. Uh, we were kind of on the cusp there of having all six of our opening day starters all on the IL it does sound like at the time of this recording from what I know that he is gonna be fine and he might miss not miss his start might get pushed back like a day or two his next start but it sounds like he's okay he, he didn't have any he was walking around fine said it was a little sore said it felt like he had just got hit by an 100 mile an hour line drive which like you know fair um <laughs> So I, I think he's just got a really big bruise and it missed most of like, it could have been a lot worse. It could have been a lot worse. And so I think we should all just be really grateful that it was not a lot worse. And it sounds like uh, he's totally planning on pitching the next time in his rotation spot. It, it might just be a day or two later than we're used to, but awesome news and an awesome outing. And his ERA is now one eight. So 
He he's the man. That's the ace of this team. Okay, we're gonna do bullpen. I think at the end, just like bullpen recap of the weekend. So we'll do Alex Fayo really quickly. He started on Sunday's game uh, against Cleveland. Sunday's game was a victory. The Tigers ended up losing Friday one to six, even though. Scooble had five shutout innings, so that gives you kind of a testament of how the bullpen's doing. We'll get to the bullpen. They have their own issues currently. Um, Sunday, Alex Fiedo, five and a third, six hits, two runs, two walks, two strikeouts. His ERA on the year is now three even. Uh, this was another really encouraging start from Alex Fiedo, and I think he, I don't think he's had a start this year where I haven't been like, damn, like, there's a lot of fun stuff you can take out of this. There's a lot of really encouraging stuff here. You know, like he just continues to impress and impress and impress and impress. And you know what it is? I'd call it impressive. I'd call it impressive. We'll finish up Alex Fido, then get to the offense. But first, I got to tell you all about Built Bar. I love brownies. A lot of people do. I'm one of those people. You know what I love more? Brownie batter. Sometimes I eat half the batter just while I'm making the brownies. It's a problem, to be honest with you. So now imagine if you could lick that brownie spatula clean and get some protein in it. Well, you're in luck. Because Built Bar, you know what? They're in their bag. They've done it again. Their new creation is one that is better than ever. The brownie batter puff. You heard me right. This puff takes protein bars to a whole new level. And they're available right now at Built.com. If you haven't tried the Built Puffs yet, period, they are unbelievable. I don't know what you're waiting for. I've been talking about it forever. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. They're a real marshmallow. It's it's just fantastic. 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, 7 grams of sugar. The brownie batter puffs are the perfect pick-me-up for any day, and they're good for you. So don't eat a candy bar or whatever. Go get a Built Bar or a Built Puff. They are unbelievable. Go to built.com right now. You, you can use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off of your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, everybody. Welcome back here to segment two at Locked on Tigers. Thanks for making Locked on Tigers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked on Now podcast. Recaps of MLB games with analysis from all of our local experts and taking fans through the season like no other network free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube, just like us, baby. Uh, okay, let's finish up Fiedo before we get into the offense here. Um, the, the slider is the pitch, right? I think that's pretty apparent and it's been apparent since he was like a junior in college. Uh, so this isn't like a new development. If you followed Fiedo's career or you follow baseball closely. Um, but if you, you maybe haven't, or if this is, you know, his stint in the majors is some of the first times that you were really hearing about him since he was drafted. Maybe uh, the, the slider is it. And it, it's phenomenal. And the movement on it is so impressive. And I, I think the thing that I'm most impressed with, is honestly the changeup because listen to this pitch mix. We were we've been told and been shown like he has pitched a lot in the minors of a lot of two pitch ball, a lot of just four seam slider, four seam slider, and, and people at the lower levels just can't figure out you know if it's mixed well, can't do anything about it. And because the slider is an incredible pitch and he's got a lively fastball, 
The changeup is phenomenal. It has crazy good movement. He's throwing it a lot. He has a lot of faith in it. And this is a three-pitch mix that could be crazy successful. And I think kind of has been, right? Listen to this. 86 pitches thrown in this game. 38 four-seam, 30 slider, 18 changeup. That is every single pitch thrown at least 21% of the time. Uh, the whiffs, he only had six in this outing. Four on the slider, two on the changeup, zero on the four seam. That being said, he did have 11 called strikes on the four seam fastball, uh, which makes his CSW still 29% for the four seam, 28% for the game. Uh, average exit of velo of 91, a little hot, but you know that that's not too big of an issue. That That's fine, whatever. Uh, it, it, it's just he continues to impress me. The, the pitch mix, I really, really like his ability to go four seam low and in or four seam up and in and then slider low and away like he just abuses the slider low and away like it's just hitters it's really tough i'd imagine to be in that batter's box because that is a crazy crazy slider uh and he really does just pound low and away over and over and over again with that pitch uh, and it continues to be successful. So really happy about it. The average exit below on the slider for the game with six balls put in play, pretty healthy sample size, was only 84 miles an hour uh, and bottomed out at below 70. So really, really effective pitch on the day. The four seam was really good. Uh, with the mix, seeing that many called strikes means that it was mixed in really well, right? I mean, 11 called strikes and five and a third, right? Through it 38 times, 11 of them for called strikes. Um, eight put in play might be a little high, you know, whatever. Uh, but it, it, I think it was mixed really well on the day. The change up, uh, down mixed with the fastball down. I love that's one of my favorite pitch combos in baseball. Uh, especially if the change up is a fall off the table, like Fiedos has shown the potential to be. I really, really like doing that, uh, because it's very difficult to tell the difference. When the ball starts at your knees, whether it's going to continue to drop and be, you know, 12 miles an hour, 10 miles an hour slower, uh, or whether it is going to, you know, be a fastball and stay there as a strike low. I love that mix. And he did that a couple of times in this game, too. Uh, just all around really solid. The only thing this game that um, maybe that that he has shown the ability to do. I mean, he had the whatever, the 20 whiff game earlier, but only six whiffs in this game is a little bit low. Uh, none on the four seam is not sustainable. You will absolutely do that. I don't think it was any fault of the pitch either. I just think it's how he wanted to attack hitters today. Again, 11 called strikes on the four seam is pretty solid. So I think it was really just a pitch mix thing. I think that he, like I said, I, I think him and Barnhart, that's how they just wanted to attack hitters on Sunday. Uh, and, and not use that as a swing and pitch mix and use it more as a dot pitch or an attempt of weak contact pitch. Didn't get too much of that on the four seam. However, um, all around really solid, really impressed. Uh, it's, it wasn't the best outing in the world. You know, six hits, got hit around a little bit, had gave up some hard contact. There were a couple times where the change up, you know, he was or the slider rather. He was trying to go low and away and it caught way too much of the plate. Can't have that, especially, again, only with those three pitches. Everybody knows it's the slider when it starts breaking. Uh, so you can't afford for it to catch too much of the plate. Got to, got to hit your spots there with it. Um, and then a couple of four-seam fastball missed spots just threw it middle-middle on accident. 
Um, but did, none of it cost him too terribly much. Some loud outs, but we'll take loud outs. They're still outs. And uh, because he has shown the ability to get those swings and misses and because I'm so unbelievably impressed with his pitch mix, I'm very happy with this outing. And I want him to stay up here. And not only stay up here, I want him to stay in the rotation for as long as possible. That's all there is to it. I I, I think this is past a, past an experiment. Like early on, it kind of felt like it was just a, you know, this is kind of an experiment. We'll see how it goes. Uh, and that has very much turned into, no, like I, I want to see what we have in him now. And I just want to see this through completely. So very, very impressed with Alex Fido. Um, Let's get to the offense. Four runs on Sunday and one run on Friday. Uh, yeah, it's about the same, about the same old, same old, not too much different to be completely honest with you. The offensive totals since Monday. Okay. So this is exactly a week. You're listening to this on Monday since last Monday, three, one, 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 four. And the crazy thing is, is the pitching has been so solid that if they can even score four runs, right, they are winning ball games. Uh, Jim Costa, 97, won the ticket, tweeted out, Tigers are 13-6 and six in games where they score three-plus runs. That's it. Only three. And they are, what is that, seven games over 500 in games that they only score three or more. That's it. Just, you, you gotta hit. We saw a little bit on Sunday, right? We saw Javi finally homer. That had to feel good. For as good as James, for as much of an improvement, I should say, as Jamer's numbers are in the month of May, I'd say probably the last week he started slowing. Maybe not, maybe week is too big. The last, since the win, in the Tampa series. Okay. That's like a day off from a week, whatever he's looked like he's slowing down a little bit since he hit the Homer, whatever that game was since he hit the home run in Tampa. I, I think that he's slowed down a little bit. Uh, scope continues to, to hit the ball pretty hard, but it continues to be right at people. Uh, had a couple of strikeouts this weekend as well. Um, I, I mean, it's just, it's the same like Willie Castro, for as good as he was for about a, a week there, maybe a 10-game stretch, he, he was probably the best hitter on the team. Uh, the last week, he has certainly regressed back to, um, you know, kind of that 4A-level player. Uh, Willie Castro is, yeah, like his OPS now matches like the rest of the team. It's no longer like crazy, oh my goodness, Willie is, is the best hitter on the team. Uh, 0 for 4 again on Sunday, and I think he went 0 for on friday as well but he did he have a walk in that game no he didn't oh for four with two k's in that one too so i think we're just like we need to ride the hot hand i wasn't against putting him in the lineup because we can't hit so uh anybody that can't hit should get everyday spots in the lineup uh but i i, I think we're finally starting to see him come back down to earth here and i'm not really sure what else to do with the rest of the lineup robbie had a good day on sunday which was nice. That That's a nice change of pace. It's been a while since we've seen Robbie Grossman have a really good day. Um, but I, I mean, a, you know, he went one for three with a walk. Like, 
that's that's a lot more than like I said, a lot more than what we've been used to. And a 324 on base percentage leads the team, even though his batting average is barely 200. But it it's like I, I don't know what else to say about the offense. I really don't. I I don't know what other how many different ways I can word the same thing. Um, they're they're laboring. They they continue to struggle immensely. Um, it's hard to win games when you can't score. And I mean, even on top of that, five of your six opening day starters are all on the IL. Can't, can't afford, can't afford to just not have an offense. And we certainly have really struggled in that department. I I wasn't even that confident with the four piece we put up on Sunday. Like Bieber kind of looked pretty good. Uh, well, I don't know, looked good versus results. But, I mean, he had 10 Ks in seven innings. <laughs> like, like, we got a couple of runs. That That's nice. Got a few runs off him. I think only two of them were earned, but because they randomly counted an error. That's right. Robbie should have had two hits. He had a good day. He had a good day. Um, but, like, 10 Ks in seven innings, like – I'm glad we won. I'm very glad we won. But that's not a sustainable thing. At all. So, I don't don't know what else. I don't know what else to say. I don't know what else to say. Got some extra base hits. Scored some runs. Direct correlation as we keep talking about. Let's let's keep it rolling, I guess. Let's keep it rolling. Hopefully, this is a... We're slowly starting to turn a corner. Hopefully. I, I said we were in Baltimore... And and since then, what are we two and two since the Baltimore series? So no, two and three, right? One, two, one, two, three, two and three since the end of the Baltimore series. Got to score, got to score runs. That's really all I got. I don't know how much more there is to really say about the offense. Um, Daz Cameron looked good. Good for him. Hell of a play in center. Hell of a play. Probably helped win us that game on Sunday. Unbelievable. Um, shades of uh, of Grady, Sizemore, and Curtis. Do you guys remember? Quick sidebar before we head into our last break. If you're old enough to remember, let me know if if you remember this. In like the 2006 to 2009 stretch of Major League Baseball, the media painted this like huge rivalry between Grady Sizemore and Curtis Granderson about like who the best center fielder in uh, in the AL Central was. Right, there was like that huge debate between those two. I, I remember being a kid and, and just going to war with Curtis Granderson at school and in some chat rooms I probably wasn't supposed to be on. Just going to war. Um, fun times, fun times, man. Grady. Big, big, uh, big, what are those called? What could have been? That's not what they're called. Yeah, well, sure. Well, we have to move on. Um, like Derrick Rose and, and those kind of players. Like, just uh, like, if he could have stayed healthy, you know. Okay. Let's get into the bullpen. There's some stuff to talk about there. First, uh, these messages, if you're listening on audio and if you're listening on YouTube, we're just going to go right into it. So, yeah. Okay, we're back. Third and final segment here at Locked On Tigers. 
Thanks for making us your first listen every day. The bullpen in this one, uh, in this one, in these two. Friday, not very good. Sunday, very good. Uh, we do have to have a conversation about the back end of the pen, uh, but we're going to start with just going over kind of who struggled on Friday. Jacob Barnes, that's a few outings in a row now where he's just given up tanks. Um, after like all the runners get off the base paths, then he just like starts striking people out again. It's pretty ridiculous, honestly. Um, I'm not sure anyone really expected Jacob Barnes to sustain his like one five ERA or whatever he had. Uh, they're rocking for a little bit in April. Um, and it's at a four two right now. If he's a like high three ERA reliever, that's still a massive win for this pen and a really big win for the front office, a really good pickup in the off season. So if he can just get back to that, I'm going to be very okay. The fact that he's given up, you know, he gave up four runs on Friday and gave up a couple of runs in Baltimore and stuff. And his ERA is still four, two shows you how good he was uh, there at the, at the beginning part of the season. I, I, I still like his pitch mix. I still like his cutter a lot. Uh, I think it's a barrel missing kind of pitch. And uh, I, like I said, if he can get just a, if he can just have a sub four ERA, I will be very pleased um, with Jacob Barnes. Jason Foley pitched in this in Friday, gave up a couple of runs. Uh, it's just he's so inconsistent with his stuff. Some days it looks fantastic, and you're like, oh, well, there's Jason Foley. And then some days it, it looks pretty flat, and you're like, this is like fringe bullpen kind of stuff. Uh, so we're, we're going to have to keep an eye on him and, and see how – consistent he can end up being and see uh where he ends up i mean he's gonna be here for a little bit at least because of all the injuries but we'll see drew carlton back in the show on friday uh looks pretty solid not not too much to say but through two outs and and uh, two-thirds of an inning and didn't give up they were perfect two-thirds of an inning so so uh so shout out to, to drew carlton i guess okay let's talk about what what do we want to talk about Sunday? We can talk about the pen on Sunday. Also, I'm just now remembering Foley and Carlton. That was a mid inning switch. And there was definitely some hits given up by, by, or some, some runs given up all around by, by whatever the drew Carlton's not going to be here pay attention to Jason Foley stuff. That that's all that's important. Okay. Sunday moving on. Really, really good bullpen outing uh, until, well, all around. I mean, it was good statistically, like on paper, right? Like Chafin, Andrew Chafin's so nasty. ERA is now two on the season. Got some, I mean, his his breaking ball is absolutely filthy. I, I love Andrew Chafin. I think as the season goes on, he's just going to get a bigger and bigger role in this bullpen. Uh, three whiffs on 16 pitches. The slider had all three of them. It, I mean, he was getting people to swing at stuff that was a foot out of the zone. He's absolutely nasty. I love the man. And uh, with everything included, like righty-lefty and, and all that, I, I just feel like by the end of the season, he's going to be one of the more prominent uh, fixtures in this pen. And that is awesome because he is really, really good. Alex Lang pitched in this one. Looked great. One in the third, three strikeouts, uh, one walk. No hits, no runs. His ERA on the year is now 1-7. And he maintains that really low whip we talked about in his last outing. Only one ball put in play. He's he's the man. He's just the man. 
four whiffs in an inning and a third on six swings. A 46% CSW percentage in his outing. I know it's only an inning and a third. Regardless, that's crazy. Very, very good. Incredible pitch mix. Really throwing people off. Either getting people to swing through pitches or just having them off balance and they're taking strikes. He was phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. I love Alex Lang. Love Alex Lang. We've been on the wave since, uh, well, since last year, if you've been listening that long. Alex Lang's the man. Okay, now let's get to the end. We'll end the show on this. Gregory Soto gets the ninth uh, 0-2 count that turns into a hit batter, then uh, double play, and then, uh, yeah, get, gets out of it without giving up any runs, no hits, no strikeouts, et cetera, et cetera. So he, his ERA is now 2.92 on the season, but he has a very high whip. So the – the back end, this bullpen's weird. It's really weird because you have a pretty decent bullpen statistically still. It's definitely not as good as it was when everybody was like, oh, we have the best bullpen ERA in baseball, whatever that was two, three weeks ago. It's definitely not that good anymore. We've got some rising ERAs there. However, you, you still got some guys that can go out there if you need a shutout inning. Alex Lang's been phenomenal. Andrew Chafin's been phenomenal. Um, Will Vest has been good, but now he's hurt. So it's just, it's a weird place to be in when you have a lot of dudes in the bullpen that you trust, but I don't think you trust any of them fully in the ninth. Like that's a weird situation to be in. That doesn't make any sense. It does make sense. It's just not normal. It's really strange. You got a bunch of dudes that you trust in like the 6th, 7th, and 8th inning of close games. I'm not sure you have anyone that has fully earned your trust of the ninth, though. Michael Fulmer in his last four or five outings has taken a notable step back, a, a, a notable drop-off. Gregory Soto, we know what comes with his territory. We don't have to, to go in-depth on that, but it, it's I'm not sure you can really fully trust a dude to take a ninth take the ninth just like fully confidently uh, when he's pretty much guaranteed to give up at least one base runner in the outing. Um, Will Vest ha- has been really good um, when he comes back. Obviously he's hurt, like I said, but when he comes back, like, he's been really good this year, uh, but a lot of inexperience and a lot of, you know, like this is the first time he's really been good at the major league level. So that's kind of a tough thing to just throw a dude out there. Even in his last outing or two outings ago, he got hit around a little bit. Um, Alex Lang ha- has his own command issues. He's a young guy. You're not going to put him in in the ninth, just like s- stress-free. Uh, th- there's just, there's nobody. There- there's nobody. I-, I mean, I guess maybe Andrew Chafin, but again, that goes back to the conversation we had last week. You can't just change who the ninth inning guy is every day. You can't just, oh, you blew a one save, so you're not the ninth inning guy anymore. Oh, we're just going to – you can't do that. And everybody wants to because everyone wants results and change and, and everything immediately now. Um, but that that's just not how baseball works, um, and that's that's not smart. So we will see how the back end of the bullpen continues to develop. It will be an interesting one because uh, like I said, a lot of guys you trust a little bit and a lot of guys, a lot of guys you have trust in 
A lot of guys you have trust in. Not sure there's anybody that you have closer trust in. And it's just made for a really weird last couple of weeks. That being said, Gregory Soto does close the door. We do get a win. Back in the win column. We will gladly take it. Uh, Looking ahead, well, I I said at the end of Thursday's show uh, that the next 15 games were going to pretty much determine the season for more or less. Uh, You are talking about 15 straight games against your division that you're at the bottom of. There's ever a time to dig yourself out of it. This would be it. Starting off one and one, not terrible. Also, that 15 moves to 14 because of the rainout. Uh, so now on to Minnesota. Three game set against Minnesota. We also do have some like injury updates really quickly before I let you go. Apparently. Everybody's in the organization is like actually legitimately worried about Austin Meadows. That's not a great update. Uh, Vertigo. We'll we'll see what happens, but that's scary. That's scary stuff. So uh, on a, even on a non-baseball related sense, I, I hope the dude's okay because that's that's really scary. Um. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Monday, Elvin Rodriguez will get the start. That'll be super cool. Major League debut. Uh, well, starting pitching. I think it's his first career start. I think the only time we've ever seen him is out of the pen. So I believe it's his first career start. Uh, that'll be cool. Not not his major league debut. Major league starting debut, however you want to word that. So that'll be kind of cool. We'll see how he does in that. Uh, added to the 40-man at the very end with Cody Clemens at the very end of the off or very beginning of the offseason, very end of last season. Um, yeah. Matt Manning, I think they want to have one more start still before he comes up. And I think that's it. Erod officially to the IL. That's why um, uh, Elvin is here. Oh, Erod to Erod. That's crazy. Erod to the IL. Erod replaces him. There you go. All right. That's all I got. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast. For your next listen, check out Locked On MLB. Host Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, brings humor, passion, and his unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories from around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. That's all I got. We'll see you all tomorrow. Hopefully talking about another dub. Peace and love. Going to Therapy's Dope, and I'll catch y'all then, baby. Go Tigers.